Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi there, this is John Higgins and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And it is my pleasure to let you know that Rob is in Malaysia. Do you know uh, what Rob's doing in Malaysia, Tubes? What is he up to? He's covering the Touch Football World Cup. They have a, oh, they'll have a World Cup of anything these days, won't they? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a World Cup of anything. But he is. He's in Malaysia. He's probably listening online right now. Well, I'd, I'd like to think he's listening right now, but uh, he's probably not. Uh, yeah, so he's in Malaysia over there, keeping the 365 Days of Sport bandwagon going. Well, good on Malaysia for getting the hosting rights for that one. It must have been uh, I'll tell you what, they contested. have massive. They put in millions. Petronas just, just threw the book at the Touch Football Association and uh, yeah, made sure everyone came to... It's not even in Kuala Lumpur, by the way. Oh, it's not? It's no, a it's, bit of a rural affair, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, apparently, it's like halfway between... If you've been to Kuala Lumpur, you don't realise Kuala Lumpur Airport is like an hour 15 hour 20 minute drive from Kuala Lumpur the itself. itself so yeah. it's halfway between the airport and Kuala Lumpur okay that's where so it is. Um, yeah so he's there Lovely. actually we I might we might ring him a bit later on see if he's online although he's made a schoolboy error Oh, no, what's he done? Uh, he's booked a hotel, because it's not in Kuala Lumpur, remember? Uh-huh. He's booked a hotel, or somebody booked it for him. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. No, I am. He booked a hotel. <laughs> he hasn't got internet. Oh, you're joking? No. It's a God-given right nowadays, you, Tubes, isn't it? You tend to assume these things, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, he, he, he didn't tick the Wi-Fi box on his, no. on his filter. I know, that's it. So uh, oh, he's dear. he's struggling. It's kind of hard to cover a sporting event without a little bit of internet. <laughs> no, no. So especially as uh, Rob is uh, is doing a lot of video stuff. So we're not going to see much video uploaded to the old uh, Facebook. He'll so be sitting uh, in some internet cafe somewhere waiting. Yeah, right. I think that's what he's been doing. So a uh, oh, big hello yeah. to Rob. We we might just see if he's online later on. We might give him a ring. So yeah, I'd like to hear more about it because I mean I'm worried now that there's going to be these multi thousand seater touch football oh, stadia yeah, yeah. that have been built end up just being just being white elephants. You know, it's, it's, in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably still using the same stadiums they built for the Commonwealth Games in '96. There you go. With any luck, they're, With they're, this well, is the they're first time they some... found another use for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah, uh, if you've ever been to Malaysia, it's quite funny. Everyone rides around on bikes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, motorbikes. I mean, not cycles. There was a massive push a few years ago to bring Speedway to Malaysia. Oh, there's so many countries that would just get on board with Speedway yeah. if it was given the chance. Yeah, yeah. and oh, they, they'd love it there. They tried and tried and tried it. The Malaysians, I met a couple of Malaysians who were involved with, uh, actually, Austrade, funnily enough, and they just said, apart from badminton, they really they have no passion for anything else. They they have a very limited attention span. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they you know the Malays in general just don't take to sport. They like mm. a bit of football, but if it's not badminton they really mm. struggle. I mean, we see it everywhere, you know, and we talk about some Victorians who are just being closed off. All they want is their Aussie rules. Yeah. And they don't want to look beyond it. But yeah, in every country, there's, there's something they're passionate about, yeah. and a lot of people just don't no. want to look anywhere else. Do so, they? Um, yeah, they try to bring Speedway to. They do, I mean, look, they've even lost the. I think, don't think Formula One's going to Malaysia this year. I think they've no, lost that's that. Right. Yeah, they, they have they um, had Grand Prix for a while. Yeah. But, uh, but they've got. I mean, they are passionate about MotoGP. That's one of the big ones on the calendar nowadays. Right. I mean, you've got to remember as well, they racetrack 
uh, Sepang. That's an hour and a half the other way out of Kuala Lumpur. It's, that's right. it, That's not close there at all. Exactly. I think there's about two hotels close to the track. It's, it's equivalent of Silverstone to London sort of thing, really. Yeah, 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 definitely. Is. So, um, yeah, yeah, so it's interesting. So they are trying, they've been trying to bring bike racing in. And if you uh, look on YouTube as well, other video streaming services are available. Look up uh, Cub Grand Prix okay. because that's like scooter racing on road racing circuits. Right. In, generally in Malaysia. So it's like watching MotoGP really slowly? Yeah. Okay. Basically. <laughs> and some of the crashes are quite spectacular. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. They can still crash properly at Oh, they speeds, do crash, then. yeah. It's uh, it's quite funny watching these blokes ride around on ATCC bikes and uh, just throw it around corners do, and do things they, like that. Do they still get right down to their knees are touching yeah, the tarmac? Yeah, not really. No. No, it's, it's not that, quite that extreme. <laughs> they don't want to take too many risks. Yes, right? that's exactly <laughs> right. Of, yeah, I, I have found myself watching that. Of course, in you general, have. yeah, yeah. On, on an uh, idle Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is the voice of Paul Tooby, by the way, who uh, is ably filling in for Rob. Thanks for having me back. No, oh, no, no, great pleasure. It's it's going to be a change because we may well have to talk about sport. <laughs> exactly. Myself yeah. and Rob end up generally not talking about sport, but uh, seeing as you're in, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. we may have to furnish our worldwide knowledge. I'm not not much good at talking about much else. Well, so, yeah, we're just going to have to stay on topic. I'm I get afraid. thrown into that same barrel, unfortunately, <laughs> Tubes. I really do. Um, although saying that, uh, this is show 111 Tubes. 100. So it's the Nelson. Exactly that, right. That's why Rob's not here. He's, yeah. he's steering clear of this one, and he's throwing me under the bus for the Nelson show, aren't so, you? So uh, yeah, exactly. So I hope you have. Uh, uh, one foot in the air, well, David I, I do now, but I wasn't warned beforehand. <laughs> no. So it is It is show 111. So just quickly, I thought, yeah, we have a cricket theme generally. Me and Rob do like to talk a little bit about cricket. Hmm. It's a big year for cricket as well. Absolutely. World Cup Especially year, Ashes England. year. Yep. All our it's American all fans know about the Ashes. <laughs> do you ever hear about the story, and you probably do, um, there's a girl in the States. She's called Ashley something. And she was a... Um, Same name as... No, no, no. No, she was a, a childminder or something, babysitter type deal. Her Twitter handle was The Ashes. Oh, th- that was it, yeah. And everyone kept tweeting her because it was, I'm saying 2009 Ashes, probably might have been 13, whatever, it doesn't matter. So she got millions and millions of tweets and yeah. inclusions. So she started following cricket. Yeah, it actually it kicked her off, didn't and it? And I think they, because it was in Australia, the Ashes were, and they flew her out to watch a game. <laughs> So, a phenomenal story, and now she's well into it, and she's maintained that the yeah, she's handle. Yeah, so it is always nice when you when you chat to someone from a non cricket country who is genuinely into their cricket. At first, just the accent throws you. you Like me, you mean? From Wales, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You guys do all right. Yeah, you'll get there one day. But yeah, at at first, you know, you're hearing the American accent, and and you and you can't quite take them seriously. You think they don't really know what they're talking about, and then you gradually realise they do. No, I've I've had a few good chats with a German guy I know who really knows his cricket he's passionate about his cricket he, he, he writes about it he's, he's intensely into his cricket and, and it's really confusing at first but it's it's really nice to no, know that, it that those people definitely are out is. There. now myself and Rob when we lived in Caulfield together we had a Swedish guy moved in with us there you go who was a space engineer weirdly enough <laughs> oh big hello to Michael I'm sure he's he moved back to Sweden anyway so he started getting into cricket a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trying had, to work he had out no choice going. living with you. Well, he had no choice, yeah, yeah. But he did actually get into it. Then his brother came over to visit on holiday. Uh-huh. Also Swedish, I assume. Or generally, yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> I think he was called Boris. I'm not sure. Good Swedish name, Boris. Sure. Anyway, started watching cricket. Within two balls, the batsman got hit by a short ball. Okay. And he was going, what's going on? What's going on? He got hit. And, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. He goes, what? That's part of the game. From that minute on, 
he was hooked because he'd watched baseball, liked baseball, uh-huh. and then he realised as soon as the batsman could get hit without repercussion, he was absolutely hooked. He was just waiting for the next batsman to get hit, there's basically. A, there's an ice hockey fan right there. He, he just kind he of. a sport where people can, can get yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. Swedes, anyway. <laughs> but in terms of that, yeah, they loved the fact that there was some second-guessing by the batsman instead of, like, baseball, where you have to throw it for them to hit, yeah. basically. But the bowler had some control over what he could do and yeah. different things. And the, you, you can't just hit him again and again, but because of that possibility of being yeah. hit, it affects the batsman's no. mindset and the whole strategy of how he's going to face the ball. So, yeah, yeah it so does it, make it interesting. In terms of that, it was pretty phenomenal to see these two Swedish guys, because it was Christmas time as well, but they were watching a lot of Big Bash, but... For them to sit through a day of test cricket was quite interesting. But they genuinely, and I make no bones about it, they genuinely got into it. And in fact, Michael, I'm pretty sure... He was a big floorball guy as well, so he had the hockey-style right. uh, hit. I know for a fact he was trying to research cricket in Sweden. Excellent. And, so, and, and he'll have found something. Oh, no, there's definitely, it's definitely there. cricket there. Absolutely. When you realise, when you get into the, the bits and pieces, I think 2020's opened up a whole new market for, especially Americans, they're going to love it when it finally gets going. It does going. bring people in, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the excitement, the IPL at the minute, the, see the crowds in the IPL at the moment, it's Huge. crazy. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Have, have Coley's team got a win yet? I, I heard oh, that, he, that, that they... Don't know. F- first 10 games or, or something that, that they hadn't, hadn't won. Win. He was having a disaster. Who do they, who's he play for? Is he Sunrisers Hyderabad? I want to say Rajasthan Royals. Oh, the right? Royals. The, those Rajasthan Royals. I'm not it, sure it's either. A, it's, it's whoever's bottom of the table at the moment anyway. Bangalore, I, really I thought, were bottom. Maybe then. But I didn't yeah. think he was at Bangalore. It doesn't matter. I, I don't really follow it. I, if I was 10 years younger, I would have uh, would have definitely been into it. But you do see the odd clip and you see a lot of people in those stands, oh, don't you? crazy. Yeah. Especially top of the table stuff. And come finals time, mm. it is it is pretty mental. But, um, I mean, we were just talking off air about cricket and talking about USA cricket. It's It's back. It's back, baby. <laughs> After their 2004 Champions Trophy uh, jaunt into England. <laughs> Indeed. When they... Um, did, did Anderson Cummings... Play? No, it wasn't Anderson Cummings. They did have an, an ex-West Indian, Indian, didn't they? I think there might have been two. There was the opening bat and a bowler. It might have been Andy Cummings, actually. Or did he play for Canada that year? Anyway, we'll look into that. Anyway, the USA are back. They've got official one-day international status. Indeed, indeed. They uh, uh, finished finish third on the on the table for the World Cricket League Division 2 there, which is yep. where they were contesting that status, which 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 got them uh, the status by finishing finishing third. But then they had to play the third, fourth-place playoff against Papua New Guinea, who'd finished just below them, and they lost that. So, so far, yeah. one-day international status isn't working out so well for them. They've, they've lost the first one against oh. the only team ranked below them at that point. But uh, the only ways up from here, isn't it? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they could go down and yeah, that's face... The, that's the thing about this status. Yeah. You, you've only got it as long as you've got it. If you yeah. lose a few games, then they take it away again. The worst I, thing I is, it does, strange. it does make me feel sick, because now the USA have one-day international status, and Wales, who actually play cricket, don't. It hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. It hurts. And, and you and I both agree, we've talked about this a we lot, have. That, yeah, that yeah. Wales should should have its, oh, own, its own cricket team. And uh, speaking as an Englishman, it, it, would, it would give us a, a sense of autonomy with our own cricket team because technically yeah. we're the England and Wales cricket team yep. it's far too much of a mouthful no, so, so we drop the and Wales all the time yeah. but, uh, you know, and play under the George Cross but we can still technically say England doesn't have its own cricket team because they haven't right. had to share yeah, a field with Wales share. all the time oh, that's the best way of thinking possibly <laughs> I think you should usurp us and just say no nah, that's it we've had enough of those Welsh blokes playing <laughs> who, who was the last one probably Geraint Jones no uh, well, Geraint Jones and Simon Jones around the same yeah. time 
Um, has there been one since then? Oh, not Officially sure. in England colours? No, I don't, I don't reckon. No, I don't because, think so. Because back then you used, to, you used to say, "Oh, I could name a decent Welsh." Anarian Donald was captain of the England under 19s That's right, and he's 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 a, he's scoring a few runs uh, already in the, in the county championship now, isn't he? Yeah, I, I did. I did see a um, Glamorgan fan and and professed uh, Welsh international cricket team fan saying, "Well, at least the, the things are going well because Glamorgan is scoring runs." And, and I said, "Well, you have got the England captain's brother and." Uh, and a Safa who's, who's scoring all of your centuries so that's not really building the case for the, for the Welsh cricket team No and I've had this beef with Glamorgan for a few years mm. two years ago they played eight overseas players in a league where you're only officially allowed one Cole packs in it Oh that's all right. sorts yeah. They had a Dutchman. They had uh, all kinds of ways around it. Yeah, yeah. It? Hogan, who's an Aussie, had a British passport. Uh, some who was a Western Australian that played, who was also had some British qualification. Then there was three or four South Africans that uh, right. were on Colpax. Yeah, just crazy. So Plus, not, there was two Englishmen in that team. Exactly. So they're hardly picking Overseas. anyone who can play for England, let alone anyone yeah, who can no, play for Wales. It was a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, this, that was kind of the last time I even had any interest in what Gamora was doing. As soon as yeah. they did that. At the expense of Welsh talent, mm. um, no, not having it. Because some people say Glamorgan are there, sort of flying the flag for, for, for yeah, Welsh yeah. cricket, but they're doing exactly the opposite. It's their financial interests yeah, yeah. that stand as a barrier to Wales breaking away and saying we'll do our own thing, thank you. Yeah. Instead oh, of just trying to get a Test match at Cardiff every year and, and making a bit of money. Well, actually, Cardiff got paid not to have a Test match last year. <laughs> England, the English English cricket board actually yeah, paid the them not to system, not to have a Test match. So yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just going back to this world uh, ranking qualifying tournament yes namibia are the division two champions and they're promoted to icc one day international status they also pulled off an upset in that in that first place playoff because they beat Amman, who'd actually topped yes. the table uh, i just realized that i played quite extensively against namibia's coach oh, just right. by reading this uh, uh, so everyone called pierre de brain okay so a yeah, very suspect action Got Far worn. be it from you to name drop about your yeah, former yeah. cricketing prowess, but, but well, there it is. I was thinking as well, Papua New Guinea, Joey Dawes, who I've played with before. Um, obviously, Garrett Jones, who we just mentioned, I had the mm. same agent as him uh, for quite a while. I see. But so, yeah. how, so how far are you from getting one-day international status? It, Me personally? It, 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 it seems like there might be a case for it. You know, if well, there would have been. Individually. Would have been years ago, not necessarily nowadays. <laughs> no, but, uh, possibly not. Um, Lost a bit of pace these days. <laughs> yeah. So Namibia are the champions, even though they did win the round robin status the status league as i'm calling it now but then they had to yeah they had some playoffs so they could have some trophies and uh, yeah and and namibia took it out yes so they and oman have been promoted as well uh third place even though they didn't come third in the league was papua new guinea as mentioned and then fourth was the usa although the usa finished third in the league (laughs) There you go. Um, what places at the end. So the fifth and sixth playoff who don't receive one-day international status was Canada and Hong Kong. Yes, I didn't notice who won that, actually. Um, Canada won by five wickets. Oh, there, there you go. go. That okay. massive, massively anticipated game between the Canada and Hong Kong teams. They'll be next in line, then. They'll be knocking on the door for ODI status next time around. Quite they? probably. Yeah. Quite probably. We just worked out there's now probably 20 teams With that are officially one-day international status. That's right, because you've got a handful more above. Above, above those four that have just got it, you've, yeah. got, you've got Scotland, Netherlands, uh, Nepal, and UAE, haven't you? Then Afghanistan and Ireland, who've, who've had it for a while, yeah. and, uh, and then the, the ten teams that will actually be allowed to play in the World Cup 
Yes, crazy stuff. It's strange that it works that way. Yeah, we love cricket. Mm. Uh, Good cricket chat. Indeed. Actually, talking about cricket, how's James Faulkner going? You know what the first the first thing I saw of, the, of that of that story was was the retraction. So that was <laughs> that was quite confusing for me. It's, oh. it's not often a guy needs to needs to uh, go on social media and say I'm not gay. By the way, but yeah. Then, but then I did look into it and, and saw that, uh, that yeah he's he's confused a lot of people, hasn't he? He has definitely, and uh, yeah. it's not like Australian cricketers to shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> It was interesting but, seeing all the guys coming out in support, which is which, which is nice to see. But yeah. sort of, uh, um, I, I think the, the way Glenn Maxwell's tweet was worded, for instance, it sort of suggested that he'd known for a while, <laughs> yes. and, and and just and just wanted to say, yeah, and I've been I've, I've I've been on your side all along, and I'm glad you finally come out. <laughs> clearly, that wasn't the case. So, so if you if you've missed this, James Faulkner posted a picture on Instagram with a good friend of his and his mum. Funnily enough. And the quote goes, birthday dinner with the boyfriend, in brackets, best mate, and Rob Jupster, and my mother, Rosalind Carl Faulkner. Then it's three love hearts, and then hashtag... Didn't know that. Oh, yeah, hashtag together for five years. Mm. And he's just left it there. He must have thought to himself, people oh. might actually take this literally, you know? I mean... I genuinely think it's one taking the piss, like thinking about, yeah, this is going to create everything. He actually wanted a big meal. He actually story. wanted it, but then... You know, because it's a blokey thing, and I think he's probably poking fun at the uh, LGBTIQZXY mm-hmm. community. And then I think he's quickly realised that it's well, as soon as it's there, it, it, things like this go viral within minutes. Yeah, and it's too late then. Exactly. And is. then, like you say, if other cricketers have come straight in and chimed back, even though he probably thought it was a bit of a joke, you know, satirical, let's say, let's use that yeah. word, but I think it's got out of hand pretty quick. Mm. And I think he's kind of realised. And it's a pretty sensitive community around this time as well. And it, look, if he was gay and people are congratulating him for coming out, then you get an avalanche of support from that community. Absolutely. Right? And that is not to be sniffed at. But when you take the piss out of him... If he's annoyed him, then he's going to regret it, isn't he? No, that's it. And I think that's coming out. And it's... uh... I just wonder whether he might have been even more calculating with it. Because, I mean, uh, the ODI team, the the Australians have have been doing well lately. Lots of players making their case for the squad, which which has now been named. And Faulkner has gone off the radar a bit. He was looking like a handy uh, all-rounder for the national team a few years ago. He he came out and they christened him the finisher. Uh, There you go. Exactly. And and, and, And his bowl... Bowling's uh, pretty good too, but I'd sort of forgotten he existed, and, and mm. this has brought him right back into the spotlight. Maybe the selectors, you know, in the aftermath, will think, well, okay, so uh, he's, he's not gay and he's, he's not very good at using social media, but he is a handy player, and we'd sort of forgotten that, and perhaps we should consider him for future selection. He nah. just wants to get himself back in the minds of, of yeah. people. Yeah, you know? no, I think uh, <laughs> just a couple of responses to this. It says uh, Glenn Maxwell replied saying, you know, great courage, mate. Sean Tate came out and said, great courage, mate. Bet you feel better. <laughs> Exactly. And then Brett Lee, good on you, mate. Have a lovely birthday. And uh, so the, the positive thing out of this is the overwhelmingly positive responses yeah. from everyone yeah. about even though... Because it, it, it wouldn't have been that surprising for the story to end up being what someone else had said yeah. in response to it and it being something crass, something disrespectful and, 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 and someone else yeah, getting into exactly. all kinds of trouble. Yeah. That hasn't happened, no. so well done. Cricket Australia defended its players straight away says uh, Cricket Australia does not consider the social commentary this morning from James Faulkner to be a joke nor does James (laughs) so uh, 
says uh, <laughs> I love the way they try and cover this up it's like ball yeah. tempering didn't exist with the, when you got sandpaper it's like exactly. his comment was made as a genuine reflection of his relationship with his business partner best friend and housemate yeah, I think the point is that it was a joke maybe yeah. not a very good one but to say that it wasn't a joke <laughs> yeah. it, it sort of confuses things again doesn't it really yeah. no it's yeah. right I think it's one of those things it says Faulkner's original Instagram post was actually edited afterwards to add best mate right so uh, yeah but the Twitter post which is cross posted automatically from Instagram cannot be edited no it's so. out there now once you put well, it out so there well so is James or not <laughs> no, the case Ah, oh, there you go. So, um, brilliant. I love Australian cricketers that get themselves in trouble. Indeed. On and off the field. Quite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, it's been a while. Talking of comebacks, Tiger Woods and um, Tara Moss. Not Tara Moss. What was she called? You're a tennis freak. You should have known about Tara this. Moore. Tara Moore. That was a hell That's of a right. comeback. We did talk about her the other Indeed. week. Tara Moss. That was, was close. That was an amazing she, Perhaps story. Tara Moss might make a comeback. <laughs> I'm not sure who she is. It would be a comeback from absolutely nowhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tara Moore. So it's six love, five love, down, and yeah, match point. Exactly. And came back to win from nowhere. And, and on that match point, Hit she the caught net. the net as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Which is a very good answer to all the people who came out and said there's some match fixing going on here. Because <laughs> if you're match fixing, you, you're not that good. If she's no. good Good enough to play that shot that just oh, just yeah. bounces off the net and goes over. Well, then her ranking's going to shoot up. But uh, it, it's got her a bit of profile. It's got her a bit of confidence, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll see her. You know, but back in the top two hundred where she was. A, a yeah, one four three, I think uh, we go. worked out. Anyway, yeah, yeah uh, comebacks was um, David Warner smashing all. We talked about IPL. Mm. Warner smashing all sorts of records in the IPL this year. He's, yeah, he, he made it impossible for for the uh, cricket Australia not to include him for the World well, Cup. Well, that's the problem, he's, isn't it? He's definitely uh, got got plenty of form going into yeah. that one. Yeah, you uh, you can't take uh, you can't put morals over results. Uh, absolutely, when not. you're Australian, no. he, 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 he served his time. He, he has served his time. So, so anyway, we've got on talking about cricket because this is show one 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 tubes. Yes, just yeah. to let people know, so cricketing reference, cricketing yeah. reference being the Nelson. Mm. I'm going to uh, give you some other one 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 facts. Facts. In fact, what would fantastic? What, I yeah. love facts. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> top ten facts about one one one. I can't wait for this. This is number ten tubes. The hundred eleventh item. In Cachell's catalogue of Mozart's works, uh-huh. up your street here. Yeah, they have K numbers instead of Opus numbers for Mozart's works. Oh. He's, got, he's got his own catalogue. Oh, thanks for that. Oh, let's see. We're educational here mm. on 365 Days of Sport. Uh, catalogue of Mozart's work is the opera Assanio in Alba, which he wrote age 16. And that was his yeah. sixth opera. That was his, yeah, he, he started young. He, he got yep. a lot done. Uh, number one, Tolkien's Hobbits refer to 111 as... Eleventy-one. Yeah, that, that, that rings a bell. There you go. Yeah, they do count funny in the Hobbit land. Yeah. But do they? Good. Uh, Robert know all about that. Uh, being a Kiwi and from the land of the, uh, well, the Hobbits, I guess. Hobbiton. Yeah. Uh, number eight. To the nearest foot, the figure portrayed in the Statue of Liberty is one 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 feet tall, from the wow. base of her foot to the top of her head. Is she standing on one leg? I mean, she is, could well be. There's a long robe, so I don't think you can necessarily tell for sure. Uh, is there feet poking I'm out down the sure. bottom? I think there is, actually. Oh, that's a shame, because yeah. if that's how tall she is, then we'll, yeah, she ought we'll, to be on one leg, really. Yeah, we'll check that. Uh, did you know, this is fact number seven, Okay. 111 is the emergency telephone number in New Zealand. Right, there you go. Rob would know that as well. <laughs> Here's an, This is incredible. More New Zealand facts, Tubes. 
So in, New Zealand and one one one. I know. Quite a close relationship. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of synergy going on here. In 2009, Henry a Tuatara. We've talked about Tuataras before on this show. Okay. A Tuatara in New Zealand became a father for the first time. He was 111 years old. Oh my word! It, the Tuatara is a reptile only found in New Zealand. I see. So, but he was 111 before he got his first. Uh, offspring. How long do Tuataras? They live for? quite a long while, by all accounts. Yeah, he surely must have been towards the end by then, and, and finally. We will check on the life expectancy of the Tuatara very shortly. Here, I'd like to know whether whether they engage as parents as well. Whether they're the kind of species that, that raises raises their young a lot, or you imagine if he mated themselves. with like a three year old Tuatara. It's all pretty bizarre. That would be. You think of the papers. Yeah. Be going off. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Oh, a bit of geography. Mm-hmm. Number five, fact number five, yep. a difference of one degree of longitude at the equator mm-hmm. is the equivalent of 111 kilometers. That's a great fact. I love that. I think that's all relative as well. That's why the equator is where it is, because of those figures. I see. I, I'm guessing that. I'm, a, I'm not a protractor. <laughs> you can be literal about that as well. Uh, number four. The period of Napoleon, finally a uh, war reference. Uh, the period of Napoleon's last period of power in France from March 20 to July 8, 1815, is often called the Hundred Days. But it is, in fact, 111 days. 111 days. It's like the old Hundred Years War tubes. Yeah, not 100 years. No. 111 days, then. That's what Napoleon All righty. So it was an early Nelson reference when you were still in the time of Nelson, then. True. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, fact number three, Dame Muriel Spark wrote a story entitled 111 Years Without a Chauffeur. Okay. Apparently that's a fact. That's not even... Well done, Muriel. Good on you. This is near the top of the list now. This yeah, this is facts, it. Apparently. Number two, oh, you'll love this one. Okay. This, is a, this is a cracking sports fact for the UK. Bring it on. To celebrate Britain's gold medals at the 2012 Olympics, the Royal Mail painted... 111 pillar boxes, gold, for the 111 individual and team winners. I see. That's, that's not a coincidence. That's just conspiracy. They were going, no, it's, they were going the full Nelson. They've done, they the were. The winners that they had. That's yeah. it. Oh, we could talk about the uh, half Nelson, full Nelson wrestling moves. Of course, yeah. Another okay. sporting reference. But the uh, number one sporting reference is obviously, I'm not sure whether this is 100% correct, because in cricket or darts... Right in cricket or darts, a score of one 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 is often called a Nelson, supposedly referring to one arm, one eye, and one leg. Now in darts as well. I mean, it doesn't come up often as a score in darts. No, really. not really. Um, the issue being, it's called a Nelson. Now, I didn't think it was one arm, one eye, and one leg. I mean, I've heard that because he always he, Nelson had two legs. That's go, that's not a uh, disputable fact. Mm. I thought it was uh, one arm, one eye, and one gonad. That's really? what I always heard. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm questioning myself about what injuries he, he got now and, and, and when he got them. Well, we could do some Nelson fact-checking if we have to about the injuries so and, and the reference. I haven't heard anything about a gonad before. Oh, haven't you? But, I, but I, I'm not as well-versed on, uh, on, on the life <laughs> of, of Nelson as I ought to be. Um, but that's what I heard. So that's uh, top ten Nelson facts. We're going to get into uh, see. That's that's confused me now because I'm just going to look up Nelson in darts for a very very quick reference. 
Do you know what? Nothing yeah. comes up, Paul. No. Nah. One, 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 Nelson. No, nah, I'm not having it. Someone's just added that in. I mean, I can imagine someone has said it at some yeah. point, but that doesn't mean it's part of the culture, does it? And yet, if you put Nelson in cricket, oh, there's millions of things come up straight exactly. off the bat. So, a Nelson, uh-huh. when this pops up, does refer to a score of one, 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 yep. made by either team or individual. Uh-huh. Tradition regarded as unlucky. Uh, we do know about David Shepherd. But... but th- it's an English thing, isn't it? And in Australia, it's it's not eighty-seven. Long, the yeah, devil's number. A different thing altogether. Yes. Yeah. It says. It says. Uh, anyway, it appears that dictionary of cricket, cricket is incorrect in asserting the term Nelson originates in the erroneous notion there that Admiral Nelson had one eye, one arm, and one leg. This view was contradicted by a round robin of my cricketing cronies, which the pro- uh, producer unanimous view that Nelson came in because the great man was believed to possess only one eye, one arm, and one ball. Right. So that's well, that's a cricket thing then. The eye and the arm; these are definitely injuries sustained in battle. Yes, they were. The the one ball is that is that um, something that, that that was just the case from birth, or did but, he did he lose one of those uh, at, Traf- at well? Trafalgar, the yeah. the fact is that we've been uh, protagonising about the fact he had one leg for a long time, which is disproved. Yeah. Uh, possibly nice. even the fact that he made it just could be fallacy. Yeah, it could just be made up. I use that word deliberately in this instance. That uh, the fact that Admiral Nelson may or may not have had only one ball, which is just a fallacy. That's not how fallacy is, is spelled. No, but it just sounds very similar. <laughs> and it just proves that uh, my expensive education did not go to waste. So there you go. So this is quite a long article. I was thinking there might be some kind of cutthroat points here that I could uh, kind of uh, just lean on a little bit. But uh, no. Um, oh, well, it does say, it says, uh, Christopher Margin Jenkins uh, says, uh, facts now, now He's con- an authority on these Yeah, things. the facts concerning the permanent injuries of Britain's greatest naval commander are that he lost the sight of his right eye during the siege of Calvi in Corsica in 1793, mm-hmm. had his right arm amputated during an expedition to Santa Cruz, Spain in 1797, uh, before being declared all out at Trafalgar in 1805. <laughs> Right, so 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 the two the two injuries didn't occur during the the, the same the, battle, no, and not during the big famous battles. That, yeah, he sort yes, of picked those up along the way. It also says the one ball reference is quite probably somebody's made that up as well. Has someone done it? He was be, intact. Has, some, has someone done it just to maintain the connection between Nelson and one one one? They needed him to have one. It's or looking like that yeah. way. Uh, fortunately, I mean, I, you could just say Nelson famously had one eye, one arm, and one nose which you can be confident of and say, well, that's the reason it's one one one, rather yeah. than go with the, 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 yes, the go right. bad thing. <laughs> yeah, although those those uh, naval uh, commanders with two noses, uh, you know, <laughs> they can smell the gumball, the cannonballs coming, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, notoriously David Nelson, David Nelson, David <laughs> Shepard, the, the umpire on Nelson. Whether it's one one one, two two two, three three three, whatever, multiples yeah. used to stand on one leg. He was very observant of it, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. Right. Um Definitely, some interesting conversations that out there when when batsmen are blocking out and over, and he's getting a little tired. And (laughs) can he just run a single for me? You know, yeah. Maybe he gives a he gives gives a wide point if it's the team score, and then yeah, that that way he can. uh, No, exactly right. So lots of cricket chat today, but um, I've just got to reiterate: I have never heard Nelson used darts in darts. No, neither have I, and I've watched quite a lot of darts. Yeah, quite amazing in the Premier League uh, darts uh, this week. Out of the four matches, three of which were draws. Yeah, you don't see that too much. No, nope, seven all. Um, three out of four. And that was that included uh, Van Gerwen and James Wade. 
the Welshman Gerwin Price, former Dragons rugby union player. Oh. Uh, also got a draw. Uh, the only one was uh, Daryl Gurney, the super chin. He yes. beat Peter Snakebite Wright. Um, oh, 7-5, I think, was that I score. See. So that was the only one not to be a draw. Right. So it's quite interesting. Van Gerwen's coming contest. back to the field a little bit at the moment. Mm, I mean, uh, the, the level that he maintained for for a few years, there, yeah. you, you can't you can't just sustain that, can you? Definitely not. He's, he's an intense character. Improve as well, so yeah. it's looking like it's really tight yeah. at the moment. Uh, if anyone wants a futures bet, like I know Rob would be all over this because he loves his futures bets. Uh-huh. I'm putting money on there's an Australian that will be a world champion. How soon? You Within got- five years. Okay. I'm thinking. And he's he's a Tasmanian. He's based in Melbourne. Oh, you're going for a particular one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, not, I've got that's not one. Cadby, is it? Yeah, right. He yeah. he is. He is. He is the goods. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no fear, no fear type of darts player as well. We'll take yeah. things on. So I've just got the feeling he was world youth champion. By the way, he did yeah. win that. Um, so it's not out there that uh, too far out there that he won't become world champion. Although the Level is very high, but I. I think last last year he played the World Championships, and I think he ra- he ran a seeded player pretty close in his in his first round game or something. He's mm. he's already shown a bit of potential on on the highest stage. I was going to say beat Phil Tone in his prime, but it's difficult to be in your prime when you're 16 times <laughs> yeah, world champion sure. and you're pushing 60. But yeah, I mean, when the World um, Masters Championships come through Australia, can be beat. Taylor twice there in the space of three weeks. So uh, Taylor no. is still at a very high level. Oh yeah, right definitely. When you retired, yes, that shows that it. Yeah, so uh, no. If you want, uh, put some cash on uh, Cabby becoming world champion. I think it's you get decent odds, and I think it will happen. Mm. I just get that feeling. I would say yes, it will happen, and, and and he'll be the one. But I think five years that's uh, ambitious. I think you can have a long career in darts, and I think yeah. you build up to it over a little. Long oh, that's that. you do get a long you career in darts if you're there, but you have to maintain it, like the other Aussie. <laughs> The Aussie from Sunderland, Paul Nicholson. Oh yeah, he he's disappeared off the circuit for years, and he's now come back. Is he on the way? Back yeah, he's uh, he's definitely starting to get some results. Okay, what you say is absolute spot on. The fact yeah. that you can drop off, but darts is a sport where you can work through a few issues and actually right. get back yeah. to uh, playing an, uh, as a professional again. You know, it's not all doom and gloom. You don't have to be the fittest guy, although it's proving to be if you are fitter, you're actually a better darts player. It definitely makes a difference, and you're seeing it more and more, aren't you? You're seeing fit darts players. Yep. Yeah. Well, Gerwin Price is a, uh, is an Adonis, not the Adonis, because that's, um, uh, what was he called? Was it, was it Steve Beaton? He was Steve Adonis, Beaton, the Devon that's Adonis. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think Gerwin, Gerwin Price has possibly surpassed him in Adonisness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them oh, out there now. Hilarious. I love that. So if, if, if Cadby does uh, fulfil this prediction, Yep. And then if Neil Robertson maintains his form in the snooker, Australia could could have the, the darts and snooker yeah. World championship in their pocket at the same time. Jeez. And I mean, that's an Ashes win right there. Never, that, never. That's putting England back in their place, isn't it? Talk about I sports don't think, that we invented. Uh, I don't think you'd ever live that down. No. If, um, It'd be an embarrassment. Australians won. Because Robertson has been world champion before, don't he forget. Has, but I'm trying to think whether that was, was it around the same time as uh, as... as Simon Whitlock won the BDO. Yeah, which you know. Well, what about um, was there was another winner of the BDO as well? Tony. So we don't. Nobody follows the BDO anymore. You can't name the BDO champions. Division now, isn't it? It is second division. 
It's yeah. Conference League. Going to say Tony. I think he might have even been Tony Windsor. We'll have to look that up as well as another one. An um, Australian, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was an Aussie one, uh, the BDO, probably five or six years ago. Right. So, But, but then he hasn't made the transition. No. He stepped up to the BDC level. Yeah, no. definitely not. Because, yeah, the BDO is not even at that level now where, where it prepares you. Well, they have that tournament, that one tournament a year, where they invite the top eight BDO players into the tournament. I see. And it's almost a kind of promotion playoff type scenario, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's more of a challenge thing. I think it's more of, uh, you know, assert my authority as the PD, yeah. uh, PDC comes it's in. A pat on the head. Well and, done. Come and play with us for a bit and we'll prove that we're better than you. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly right. Mm. And it is a chance for him to make a little bit of cash if they can win. But yeah. they invite eight in, and I think it's the last three years they've done it. I think the BDO have only had one winner in a match. Even get just getting to the second Even round. Even get through it. the second, yeah, to the second round. That's how poor wow. it's been. But, the they do, is complete. Yeah, they do see it. The Dutch dominant. see it as a way to get in. So, they, you know, because they can't get on the PDC, they'll mm. play the BDO and they'll come across. Like, Jella Klassen was, right. oh, I'm pretty sure, he was BDO champion. He was, was, he, was he still a teenager then? I think he was 18, yeah. yeah. I actually do think he was. Jeez, this is going very in-depth tonight. <laughs> Crazy stuff. I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring it back to, uh, to mine and Rob's level. Um... <laughs> Atletico Madrid in porn scandal as X-rated public sex fetish movie filmed in stadium's car park. I was not aware of that. No, this is breaking okay. news. Um, wow. Atletico Madrid have made a surprising move into sexy football after a porn movie was shot at their stadium. <laughs> of artistic life Do you know what the uh, nickname of the Atletico Madrid club is well there's the Roshi Blancos there's the red and whites thing or have they got another nickname well no because uh, it is based on the red and whites theme they're called Los Colchoneros and uh, the mattress makers okay because of the red and white stripes see because most mattresses used to have red and white stripes I see okay Um, so yeah nicknamed the mattress makers because of their red and white striped kit they are experts at keeping a clean sheet oh someone's really gone to town oh yeah it's like those those guys who who sort of um, commentate on the uh, um, sort of lower league football highlights they get a theme going oh yeah there was a a Sheffield United game recently I thought you said lower league well it's 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 lower (laughs) yeah okay Um, and uh, uh, yeah it was it was during the world championship snooker in Sheffield and the guy just got as many snooker references Oh, beautiful. It, I was just cringing by the end of it. And clearly someone here has thought, I'm going to have a field day with it. Pool in the car park, mattresses. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, dear. Beautiful. Great bit of writing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so they've actually, apparently Real Madrid is right, the stadium's right next to Real Madrid's training base. Conflict of interest there. Well, it's, so, it's, yeah. It's quite handy for them. It's part of the, the uh, yeah. if you're up with this, uh, Tubes, it's, a, it's part of the, it's a new instalment of the Sex in Public series. I'd just like to state once again for the record, I'm not up with this. I'm, I'm not <laughs> just, at all aware of yeah. any of these films. But by all means, tell me more. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's not much else to the story, in all fairness. It's just they there was a porn film being filmed in the car park. But it, so- it sounds like, I mean, was it, was it authorised, though? I reckon they uh, probably the, the filmmakers trespassed on the car park and filmed it there, rather than mm. Atletico sort of saying, all right, we're going to take a new direction here and uh, hire out. Our, our premises for um, the porn industry. I, I find that unlikely. Well, the way it's phrased here says Atletico have been caught up in a scandal caught after up. Spanish porn actor and producer Ignacio Allende filmed a sex scene at the club's car park. Hmm. Caught up without their knowledge initially. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so there you go. So, uh, but yeah, the, the puns came out in force yes. there. Hey, uh, just off air, we just we forgot one of the most important cricketers of all time, Nelson Odihambo. 
The Great Canyon. The Great Canyon. That's right. Yeah. Kenya, of course, former World Cup semi finalist. World Cup semi finalist. Not even one of the 20 teams um, to have ODI status. They've, they've really. Uh, I'm, I'm off thinking the floor, as well. Mm. What other Nelsons can you think of? Obviously, Nelson PK was one. Indeed, yeah. He's a, a big Nelson from the world of sport. Big Nelson, yeah. Uh, and But then uh, uh, Byron Nelson was one of the great fathers of American golf, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Byron Nelson. Oh, yeah? There is uh, There used to be a golf tournament in Dallas called the Byron Nelson Classic. I still think it floats around I Texas. Just I now, still on the calendar, I don't yeah. think it's in Dallas, but how's this? I went to the Byron Nelson Classic when I lived in close to Dallas. I went there with a lot of people I used to play rugby with, and we basically were guests of one of the guys who knew someone who owned a bar or something. Anyway, that's how you end up at a lot of nice, nice, yep, nice parties. Definitely. So we went straight yeah. to the bar, ended up drinking quite a bit. Now, this particular year, 1994 Byron Nelson Classic, was curtailed due to. Uh, dodgy weather in the previous few days. Okay. Not a lot of golf to watch. Not a lot of golf. I think it ended up being a 54-hole tournament. Anyway, at the end of 54 holes, it was a six-way tie. Six ways. No joke. So the six-way tie, how they sorted it out was a playoff on the 18th hole only. Okay. And if they kept off? if they kept tying, or if you tied, you played again, yeah, or whatever. So they dropped anyway. people off gradually. So they dropped people off gradually. But in this instance, they didn't. Because out of six golfers, yeah. somebody birdied, and the rest didn't. Oh, okay. Straight now, away, job done. I managed to see that one hole of golf. Out of the 14 people that went to the golf tournament, I was the only person that actually saw any golf, <laughs> and I only saw one hole. That was all you watched. I saw the playoff. <laughs> And I should pop out from the corporate hospitality. I popped out. That's all it was. And the one hole I saw was the 18th hole playoff between a revolutionary six way playoff. Quite and yeah, so the Byron Nelson Classic 1994, I, I genuinely can't tell you who won it. Can't, I was going to ask, but no, you just vaguely remember see, seeing a ball land on the green. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, quite funny as well. One of the tee shots uh, drilled a guy about five yards away from me in the basically in the neck. No way, because the uh, and we were only 200 yards off the tee, and some guy topped it and it drilled him and it killed him. So it's dangerous uh, business watching golf, isn't it? It was that year. Tell you. Oh, here you go. Incredible stuff. Um, Who was in the six-way uh, playoff? Well, here's some good for you. Yoshi Mizumaki was in there. Okay, yeah. Don't uh, David Ogrin. Uh, David Edwards, American, not uh, Welsh. Mark Carnavale. This is a... It's, Tom Byram. It's a gallery of second-rate golf. And the uh, the champion was Neil Lancaster. That, I was hoping at least then you'd come up with someone I know. who evoked memories of the great players of the but, 90s. But, but the, the six-way playoff, incredible. The year later, Ernie Els won it. Exactly. You've had yeah. plenty of good players at the yeah. Nelson Classic. Oh, how's this? Tournament. After Neil Lancaster, Ernie Els, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods. There you go. And then John Cook. All right. It dropped off again. Lauren Roberts, Jesper Parnovic. And then it goes a bit crazy. It's as if uh, the, the great golfers have, have been watching that on TV in 1994 and thinking, you've got these six chances have made it into a playoff. Any one of us could win this. So all the good guys turn up the next year. And yeah. Takes it. Craig Perry was runner-up to Phil Mickelson in 1996. Okay. Just to let you know. Known as Popeye because of his because of his big forearms. Yes. Yeah. Jason Day won it in 2010. Adam Scott won it in 2008 yeah. for our right Australian there, fans. Yeah. Bai Sang Moon won it for South Korea in 2013. Oh, oh right. Stephen Bowditch. There's a name from the past. Australian won it in 2015. Oh, wow. And uh, happy the Aussies, the Aussies, the Aussies. Are do, actually, runner-up last year, Mark Leishman. Yeah. 
Year before that, Jason From Day, the Warnham Bull Warrior, leash the the leash off the leash leashman they call him, Indeed. possibly. I'm sure they do. Um, Englishman Brian Davis came runner up to Rory Sabatini in 2009. Is that you can the best you can do for a bit of English success? A Luke Donald came oh, runner up. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's what Luke Donald does. Yes, yeah. consistent top fives, high rankings, it just just doesn't win big tournaments. No, there's no Welsh Welshman on the leaderboard. No. Ian Woosnam didn't break. It didn't you know? It wasn't there in '91 when uh, Nick Price won for Zimbabwe. Really, who have Wales had since Ian Woosnam? Phil Price won the Ryder Cup. Bradley Dredge, I want to Bradley say. Bradley Dredge from Newport, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, he's a Newport lad. <laughs> he is, he? Bradley Dredge is, yeah. with that one then. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, n- not too many. You'd you, you have thought the uh, Woosnam era would have sparked a, a Do you know what? We had, I did, you... me, myself and Rob had this conversation the other week because, you know, in golf circles, mm-hmm. there's Tiger Woods, yeah. then there's Greg Norman, then there's Nick Faldo. The fourth-ranked person for consecutive weeks on the number one chart is Woosnam. There you go. At 50 he, weeks he consecutively. Was, he was number one for, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so less than a year, and that puts you fourth. Actually. Fourth on the all-time shows list. how it changes hands. Yeah, whereas yeah. the tennis equivalent list has got a bunch of guys yeah, hundreds but, of weeks. Uh, I also, there's a, there's a disclaimer there as well. I think the ranking system only came in kind of Mid-80s. early 80s-ish. So yeah, yeah, your Nicholases, your Trofinos, your players... Yeah. Don't get that ranking, but but you, but you don't know for sure that they'd necessarily not lose them off the perch because it was competitive back then. Yeah, yeah, well, no, it definitely and, was. And yeah, they've been changing hands. So yeah, yeah, he did well to dominate for that long. Totally in agreement. So you're right, though. Why the Welsh? didn't take up uh, golf yeah. after Woosdom's reign and the 91 Masters win. It should have been the beginning of, of, of a dynasty, you know. Most people remember Welsh golfers Mark Mooland digging a hole at the Road Hole Bunker. I remember Mark. In, uh, oh, what year was that? Probably about, would have been about 1990 when he took 13 shots to get out of a bunker. I see. Sort of a proto-John uh, Van der Velde sort of situation. Yeah, worse than that. Wow. And then obviously <laughs> Woosdom himself, when he made a comeback... Nearly winning the British Open, and his caddy putting fifteen clubs in the bag. That's right, yeah. When he was when he was basically tied he, for the lead. He was right in the mix. Yeah, wasn't he was. He? Yep. Oh, yes. Gee, golf chat on uh, three sixty five days of sport. He was, he was not a happy man, was he? Oh no. Uh, he had a, obviously Woosnam's caddy Shaggy was quite well known around the traps as well. Mm, would have been notorious after that one. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that was Shaggy that year, by the way. I oh. think uh, when Woosnam made oh, his kind oh, okay. of his comeback right. after a couple of years off, I don't think I Shaggy came back with him. The I way, think he was the done. The way you segued from one fact to another did strongly imply that Shaggy was to blame. For uh, the, yeah, for, for I'm, I'm full of game. facts this week, full of facts. <laughs> um, we were mentioning uh, sports and first evers and comebacks. Not This isn't even a comeback, but it's the World Mixed Curling Championships have just finished right. this weekend. They were held in Stavanger in Norway, oh, yeah. also home of the 1991 World Cross Country Championships as well. There's a fun fact for you. They've had some cross country there, haven't they? World Championship for cross country. That would have been a brisk, brisk uh, conditions for a run, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it was probably in winter as well, cross country style. Indeed. So they're hosting the World Mixed Curling Championships. Great news for Australia, by the way. Have Australia gone well in that? Yeah. Australia went incredibly well. In fact, lost in the semi-final you to the eventual champion, Sweden. Joking? No, no, no. I'm not taking the, taking the mic. Um, <laughs> and lost in the third, fourth playoff to the Americans, six-five as well. They only lost by a shot to Sweden, by the way. Wow. So Australia have gone well. Really the uh, Australian curling dynasty, uh, <laughs> the family, and I can't remember the people's name. They're basically a. Uh, it's one of those one family things. Yeah, and they're Canadians. 
Yeah, uh, but course. I think the kids are generally born here and have grown up, but they're in a curling uh, family. So um, well, Bennett's, I think they might be... When you go got... to the ice hockey in Melbourne, you realise there's a lot of Canadians in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, there is lots of Canadians. And uh, you can well. play, yeah. by the way, uh, get down to the Melbourne Ice House on a Monday night. You can try curling. I've had a crack at it, yeah. Have you? Great fun. Yeah, we, um, we actually, we actually um, a group of us went and uh, we got a curling lesson from uh, Tommy Powell, who also plays for... Plays for the Melbourne, Melbourne Ice. Ice. And, and yeah. the, the mighty Ruse, he's just been over... In, in Belgrade, playing for Australia in the, in their division of the World Championships ice hockey as well. There you but go. Su- such is the semi-pro level of, of ice yep. hockey in, in Australia that he has to make a bit of money on the side teaching people to, to curl. So yeah, uh, well, yeah that's brilliant. Love fun. that. You, you, can, you can go along and do that. Yeah. So Australia have come fourth in the World Mixed Pairs Curling Championships. I know it is. Uh, they've the mum and dad, and I'm I'm looking this up as we speak mm-hmm. because it's Steve and somebody now. Also, this is quite interesting because I believe Steve played baseball, but he, when he came over, he started playing cricket. Oh, right. Yes. Um, so one of these all-rounders. He just loves it. just loves a bit of sport. So it is the sun, but Australia have come fourth. Yeah, lost to Sweden in the semi. Sweden went on to win. They beat Canada in the final, by the way, go. in the world mixed doubles. Not the usual suspects there. Yes, but... No sign of the Scottish. No, uh, they lost in the quarter... No, round of 16. Oh, dear, they've had a nightmare. So the interesting thing about the tournament was Australia beat the reigning world mixed curling champion Switzerland. Not just they beat them, I think they beat them 9-1. Gave them a hammering. Yeah, they absolutely smashed it. So uh, here it is. Dean Hewitt. So that's the lad. And I think the the father was called Steve Hewitt. Uh And the wife is probably Mrs. Hewitt. Um, yeah, yeah. She, she probably is. Probably is. Probably they, a lot of women keep well. their own name nowadays, too. <laughs> yeah, you know true. this. That's true. Now, talking of which, there is, I'm not sure if it's still running, but there, there is a an introductory curling league in Melbourne you can do on a Monday night, which they were running. So, yeah, I am desperately keen to get involved with Indeed. the uh, curling. I would love to have a go because a couple made history this week in the World Curling Championships. So, so what you've already told me about Australia finishing fourth yeah. Isn't even no. a big history-making story. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Because Nigeria have won their first ever curling match. Oh, my word. That is- this week <laughs> in Stavanger because Nigeria, Tijani Cole and Susanna Cole, that live in Denver, by the way, uh-huh, sure. have beaten France. But very proud of their Ni- Nigerianness. 8-3. They've, no, incredibly proud of their Nigerianness. Yeah. And um, they've only really been training for a year, like in-depth. They beat the French. Because the Nigerian Curling Federation, that's just, they're embracing curling like no tomorrow. I was thinking the other day, this is going to be the next hotbed of curling, surely. I mean, definitely it, yeah. is. They funded a Canadian coach to help them out over the past year. I mean, a cold bed of curling is, is what you really need. That's exactly it? right. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be um, underwater hockey. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they brought in a Canadian. That's the first step. Ellery of Robbie Show. Okay. And it's apparently it's Ellery's Robbie Show's uh, proudest moment in sport. Sounds like a French Canadian. Yeah, it would be defeat of the French. Yes, fantastic. It must be frustrating. It's uh, he's <laughs> mixed feelings there, but uh, he yeah, incredible that uh, Nigeria have um, won their first was, ever. Was that in the uh, group? Ram Robbins, yes. Yeah. So they beat France eight three, I believe. So fantastic. they only began curling three years ago. So now they have their sights set on. Uh, I don't even know where twenty twenty two is for the Winter Olympics. By the way, I think it's Beijing. I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you are. You're definitely. You're all over it. They're proud to put Nigeria on the curling fantastic. map. I love it. Fantastic. Story. I love the fact that there's a Nigerian curling federation. Yeah. 
fashion no, as well. This is this this is what I love. I mean, I, I love my sport. I love my geography too, and I just love to see nations that you wouldn't expect doing well at sports. You wouldn't expect them to to, to, to do well at. I mean, everyone loves the story of the Jamaican bobsleigh team. Well, this is what they kind of equivalent all to, the yeah. Time. And and it's and it's just it's so good to see. Well, like the Tongan cross country skier. Well, Exactly. Who's in the news this week? As you were telling me. Yes, he's uh, he's he's setting off on his on his next bid for Olympic glory. This is um, Patty Tofu Tofua. Great work. Um, who who is um, already well known for what for what he's um, achieved for Tongan sport. Uh, he he uh, did taekwondo at the 2016 Olympics. Carried the carried the flag at the opening ceremony famously with his shirt off, all oiled up. Um, got got lots of Twitter hits with those photos, and then and then turned up again in 2018, um, representing Tonga at cross country skiing at the Winter Olympics. Yep. So he's already a legend. Yes. Um, but he's now decided that's not enough, and he wants to do a different sport at the next Olympics. Uh, and he started his training as a speed kayaker. Um, right. Sprint, sprint. The old K one. That's right. Sprint kayaking. Two hundred um, meter uh, sprints. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he started his training. He says this is part. Well, he'd be. I'm sure he would. If he's Tongan, proper Tongan, he would have grown up doing outrigger canoe exactly. canoeing anyway. He's so about it being, being part of the the, the Pacific culture, the, heritage. Um, uh, what are they called? Va'a. So V A apostrophe A is what they call the outriggers in Polynesian there cultures. So Va'a. Good yeah. I like it. I've been to the World um, Outrigger Canoe Championships, by right. the way. Right. That would have been a great experience. It was fantastic. Up at the Sunshine Coast. Oh, beautiful. Well, um, he's actually based in Brisbane. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and, and he did talk about um, the experience he's got with the outriggers, but he said. Getting in the in the K one to do the sprinting is a very very different challenge altogether. Oh, it would be. There's a fair bit of capsizing get going on. Nice. He's even talked about um, sharks swimming up the mouth of the Brisbane River and it being a bit dicey doing his training there. Oh, I think it's a bit of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's probably uh, um, adding a bit of colour to the story. Yeah, there. a little bit. But uh, yeah, he's got a challenge on his hands just to just to qualify. But it is one of these stories where it's, it's just all about qualifying and if he can do that, yeah. then, then that will be the achievement. And he still wants to keep going with the taekwondo and do two sports at the same Olympics. Wow. I think it's a long shot. Well, he, he's going to have crack. to find a mate then for Beijing to take up curling. Yes, that's got to be the next thing. The next, the fledgling Tongan yeah. Curling Federation. Indeed. They're going to be all over it. So, uh, yeah, if he's going to keep up this, just do a new sport at the Olympics then thing. curling next time. I think yeah. it is, unless he wants to take up ski jumping it, or something. And, and if he can find female Tongan who, want, who wants to get into curling, then they could be at the next mixed world championships, yeah. couldn't they? Taking on the Nigerians. Who knows? What a thing this is. It? Talking about the Nigerians. They, they, they probably wouldn't be in the same group because they'd be a pot system then. No doubt. But, Depends but, where you qualify, Paul. Could take the world by storm. Oh, that's right. Um, let's play this interview. feel right now. I feel over the top excited, happy, elated. Uh, couldn't feel better. <laughs> that, that celebration at the end, what did that represent? It was a remarkable celebration. It was a year of hard, hard training, lots of journeys to Canada and Nigeria and parts unknown and a lot of sweat and equity at 4 o'clock in the morning at the gym. Yeah, you know, it's that feeling of all our hard work has paid off. We did it. There was a kiss between you two right before you shook hands. Tell me about that. It's just the coming together. It's like we, we've been working together uh, to get here and it just it just felt like even before the victory, we won. We we had already won. TJ, this this is your dream. Yes. You have your wife by your side right now in this moment. 
It's just ecstatic. What a what a great dream to share with your best friend, uh, someone you love and you t go through trials and tribulations with. You know, this has been a long journey. And to all of my friends in Nigeria, the entire Nigeria Curling Federation, thank you so much to our sponsors. And to those people out there who want to sponsor us now, we, we, <laughs> we look forward to getting some sponsorship to Aberdeen. Thank you for believing in us. But thank you, everybody, and all your prayers in Nigeria. We love you, and we're excited. There have been times when this has been frustrating, yes. and, and we've seen it on the ice. And now this victory today, does this give fuel just to keep pushing forward? It does. And, you know, we have one of the greatest coaches in the world. He, he knows our temperaments. He knows how to communicate, and he believes in us. And he has done a fantastic coaching job. Ellery Robichaud has been fantastic here uh, at the championships. Well. It's his victory as well. The man deserves a big hug and a lot of pats on the back. Because when times were tough, you know, he would just go back to the drawing board, sit down with us, keep us pepped up, keep us focused. And he kept telling us, you either win or you learn. And you've been doing a lot of learning. The winning will come. And, and we believed in that, and it came. A word to your fellow country people. Yes. Nigeria, we... Nigeria, we... They cut him off right at the key point. No, they don't like Nigeria. Let's see. Yeah. yeah, apparently loves Nigeria. It got me thinking about the flip side of that story. I mean, heads are going to roll at the French Curling Federation. Well, that's they? it. They've already. Yeah. There's, there's been a cull. It's a national embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. it definitely is. <laughs> you go back. Who did you lose to in <laughs> Nigeria? Oh, yeah, that that yeah. powerhouse. I mean, you know, no, no, they would have said no disrespect to Nigeria, and, but and, and all the, wheeled out all those quotes. But yeah, <laughs> it's definitely, definitely an upset for the ages in the world of curling. There, it is an upset for the ages. That's for sure. Mm. Unbelievable. Uh, very quickly, uh, this is the headline: Welsh rugby coach forced to play first game in ten years after realising his team was short. On the bus to the match. Oh, that's a shocker, isn't it? He's made a rookie mistake there. What you've got to do is make sure you just travel in, in your jeans. You're only wearing <laughs> jeans. And then you say, I'm sorry, I can't play. I haven't got any kit. I can't play. I know this from watching my wife play social netball. Oh, right. I always make sure I, I'm wearing jeans because I'm not allowed to play in <laughs> jeans. So however short they are, I can just say, I'm sorry, I can't play. Yeah, but the problem jeans. is, Paul, you've got pants on. That's it. You know the old PE rules? <laughs> no, they, in your pants. I <laughs> do have rules at Richmond Reserve about that. Oh, so do they? Okay, go. The jeans definitely stay on and I stay on. Yeah. Oh, so he, so he, he got dragged into playing. Well, Leighton Jones, ten years since he last played his last game of rugby, came out of retirement to help. And this isn't like social rugby or anything. No. This is Pontypool, title-winning championship team. Yeah. Had a front row crisis, oh. so uh, he borrowed some boots. But the strange thing is, he's been on the bench earlier this season and basically refused to go on. Right. And because you have to have your full front row replacements being on the bench. Well, yeah. Uh, but and they've got to be sort of registered as front row. Yeah. Players. And he was registered. He was. He is forty-one or something. But, so was he? He was a former front row. Yeah. He was right. a hooker. Basically, because he was late on in the season as well, uh, he refused to go on. But the he put somebody in charge for the day, who uh, the assistant coach basically made. Made him go on for the last eight minutes, so right. he actually had to play. Wow! So basically, he said he got five front row forwards out injured, oh dear. and then one of our props had to pull out on Saturday morning, meaning we were short. <laughs> Says all the local clubs had their own games, so there was no free players available. So about twelve o'clock on the team bus, I realised oh, I should do this. So. All the local clubs had games and no free players. So at about 12 o'clock on the bus, I, I realised I was going to have to be on the bench. We needed front row cover and it was going to have to be me. There was no option but to put myself on the bench. I had to borrow some boots off one of our players. Uh, Matthew Jones, he took over as head coach for the day because uh, I don't think the boys would have taken me seriously standing there in my kit giving a team talk. <laughs> 
It was a strange feeling putting the boots back on, but the, the nerves were kicking back in. I've not had that for a long time. <laughs> then, uh, with about ten minutes ago, uh, I was getting a lot of pressure off the boys uh, to actually go on the field. I'd been on the bench at Trebanos earlier in the season. I, I didn't put myself on. I was feeling I was got a bit of stick for that. Uh, so Matthew, he, he told me I had to go on, and he said, "Oh, oh okay then, boss." And uh, I was on. It was uh, it was a good feeling to uh, get out there again. Uh, my last game was in uh, 2009, and uh, I had to finish playing because I had to have a back operation. See, uh, so it was nice to have another match and not be ruled out by injury. So uh, I covered on pro- I covered prop on quite a few occasions in my playing days, but uh, I was uh, mainly Oka. He said, uh, but it was good to get a few minutes. I even managed to pass off the back of a rock to our outside half. See, I've still got it, haven't I? <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing when you're Welsh, you know, you've, you've always got it, no matter how old you are, you've always got it. He goes, uh, championship uh, winners will face. This is quite interesting in Wales as well, because you've got your established top-tier teams. Yes. Not your yeah, professional yeah. teams. These are your semi-pro. And then the next level down is where Pontypool are. Right. So they, there's a playoff system for relegation. So uh-huh. uh, yeah. the championship winners will face one of Lanethley, Bedwas, or Bridgend in the playoffs, depending on the results in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Whoever wins that playoff will then book a spot in the 12-team premiership next go. year. So uh, big time for them. He goes, the stakes are high. He says, uh, I think it'd actually be Lanethley who would up against we're going to be huge playing against Lethley. Uh but we've got no preference we'll give it our best shot whoever it is uh, he goes and is there any chance of Jones putting the boots back on for that big game he goes no absolutely not I'm not putting the boots back on I don't think so that's not happening so uh, yeah great story there for about Leighton Jones the coach of uh, Pontypool Indeed. having a play and for the first time I can say to you there Beefy good job with the accent that, that, was, that was actually okay <laughs> if I get that one wrong that's it that's, yes. uh, I was going to do my Nigerian curling accent but I don't think I would have no, get back I think in just stick to the Welsh yeah anyway yeah. I'm slightly uh, concerned that 10 years ago he was, he received doctor's advice that due to a back operation he shouldn't play don't rugby play again, again. Um, he's Welsh he this, seems to have survived the experience that's anyway. it all right I'm Mick Fanning, and this is 365 Days of Sport. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song, and it's clear a moment, because the words don't fit, and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! We've just got to honour a few uh, snooker players because uh, it's the World Snooker Championships right now. Indeed. This is a uh, friend of the friend of the show. Hi, I'm Mike Williams and this is 365 Days of Sport. And then the big one, the Tiger Woods of snooker. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan and this is 365 Days of Sport. Ronnie got into it then. He delivered 365 it, Days of there. Sport. Yep. Tubes, in honour of the Nigerian mixed curling team, uh-huh. I thought we basically have to have a curling uh, song. Um, but... I incredibly found this because it was part of a sponsorship deal done by Frito-Lay, pushing Cheetos as the sponsor of the U.S. national curling team. Right. And they actually came up with a whole advertising campaign based on a new dance move called the curl. The curl. So, you know, it's a natural fit, Cheetos and uh, curling. Um, But then they got LaDainian Tomlinson and Vernon Davis, all these NFL players, doing doing this promo video called Teach Me How to Curl. Oh, wow. To try and build some kind of new age, funky aspect to the world of curling. Yes. So they did this thing. So uh, essentially, I am going to play you the Teach Me How to Curl, the Cheetos edit of this whole thing. It's quite funky and uh, it is part of worst song in the world, though, because it still is pretty bad and it's sports related. So here we go. The Cheetos uh, teach me how to curl with 
the curl dance move style. <laughs> sweep! It's a sweep. I love that bit. Sweep! Yes! Was that a celebration move? These guys need help. What they need is the curl. <laughs> this is a Cheetos and Tadre exclusive. So, mate, the I can. Curl. Oh, the curl. Say it with me. <laughs> say it with me, man. The curl. No, I just want to say sweep. Sweep. <laughs> That's the best bit about. That. Yeah, that was the the first word actually. So yeah, like I said, it's pretty bad. And does it really promote the sport of curling? Because it makes everyone think that that to curl is to do a dance move. Yeah. Than explaining what's actually going on. There is on a video. The there is actually a video that goes with it with the US curling team. So, so, uh, so yeah, we can all learn to do the curl if we want. Yeah, to. jump jump on our Facebook page. I will put that up there. I'll find it and put it up there a bit later when I after I do the podcast. You can subscribe to our show, but actually there is a podcast on iTunes and other streaming services. We're on Spotify as well. Tubes. Spotify. That, that gets the masses in absolutely yeah uh 365 days of sport just check us out on facebook say hello if you love worst song in the world you can buy the album <laughs> how good would that be <laughs> now that's what i call worst song in the world it would be quite a few volumes by now wouldn't yeah it? it's, it's getting up to about 120 130 <laughs> editions of that so uh yeah now i know deep down you want to be a world champion Just gone in the Calder Valley in Yorkshire oh, was dear. the World Dock Pudding Championships tubes. Dock pudding, N- not dock pudding, like shot pudding. Yeah, it's no some kind of throwing involved. Look, no, actual pudding. Yeah, dock pudding is a local delicacy, little known outside the Calder Valley area of Yorkshire. Yeah, I suspect there's a reason for that. The competition was founded in 1971 to help preserve the myth, the legend, the f- not a fallacy. It's real. That is dock pudding. The pudding is made from the leaves of the Polygonum bistorta, obviously. Goes without saying. Sounds like a savoury pudding. uh, Which is not the same as the common dock. 
tubes. So, it's not the same as a common dock, even though they do look alike. So it's not a dock pudding. It's a polygonum bis- distorter pudding. pudding. Yeah. Which, it's not as catchy a name for the world It's definitely not. Um, so even though the common dock and the polygonum distorter look the same, and to the untrained eye... You wouldn't know. They probably don't taste quite the same either. Do, do they both have the same effect when rubbed on a nettle sting? Because that's the whole point of a dock leaf. It is. That's the, that's the only uh, use of a dock leaf, yeah. generally, yeah. So if you pick up a polygonum distorter and rub it on your nettle sting, yeah. it's not going to help. You're going to feel cheated I by know. nature there. Yeah, you never know about the uh, hyperglycemic uh, qualities of the polygonum distorter against the common dock. Exactly. And also, when you used to go camping, the common dock was quite big enough as well, just in case you didn't have any toilet paper, just to let there you know. You go. That's, yeah. that, that's useful too. So you, you mix the uh, dock pudding leaf, the polygonum bestorda, with nettles. Oh, nettles are in there. Yeah, they're in the dock pudding. But they don't sting you because of the because of because the dock leaf. Oh, the uh, anti... So right. uh, the, I was going to say antiseptic, but it's not. the uh, What is that called? The uh, antidote. Yes. Antidotal qualities of the polygonum bestorda or the common dock. Uh, oatmeal, onions, and seasoning. Bit of Paxor. Uh, served with bacon and eggs. Uh, competitors. Oh, right. It's a breakfast pudding. Competitors cook a all cooked breakfast, including dock pudding, and the winner receives a cup. Judging takes place behind closed doors so that uh, competitors are unknown to judges. Like it's a, it's a blind tasting. And blind taste style. test. Yeah. That's good. Uh, while audience can actually watch cooking on stage in all. Oh, it really is like um, Chef. Do expect traditional Yorkshire brass band accompaniment. Oh, wow. So, uh, can actually buy samples of dock pudding from the stall at the entrance of the, to the event. There's a bit of tip here. It's a bit like spinach, but it reminded this person of uh, the fav- flavour of crispy seaweed. Okay. The old lava bread, if you're from uh, South Wales. That's a South Welsh delicacy made from seaweed. Okay. Um, they also got plenty of other cakes. Sounds like I ought to try some, but probably only once, I reckon. Yeah. It's yeah. in uh, Mythalmroyd. Mythalmroyd. What a Yorkshire name Sounds that is, isn't it? Yorkshire, Mythalmroyd. M Y T H O L M R O I D. Mythalmroyd. Uh, this year, unbelievably, celebrity judges tubes. Oh, celebrity judges. They had um, John Mitchell from Calendar News. Okay. But he's the headline in the uh, in the judges because they've also got comedian Lucy Beaumont, and then it just comes in because and John Richardson, who's quite well known. Who's that? Yeah, he's the one I've actually heard of. Eight out of ten cats does countdown. Yeah, you got to watch that. It's a great show. So, but John Mitchell, he, he did oh, that as well. Oh yeah, what a show, Taskmaster is. John Mitchell from Calendar News. He's the headline judge. Oh, <laughs> I love that. In Yorkshire, things are just upside down in terms of who's famous, aren't they? It's incredible. So uh, I can announce to everyone. I, I don't think this is on a media embargo right now. Now, okay, the, it's in the public domain. 2019 World Dock Pudding Champion Who took it out? is Jane Barge. Jane Barge, got it done. Congratulations, Jane. You are a world wow. champion, which is more than uh, I ever managed. She had just I, the right balance of leaf, oats, and, and whatever else is in nettles. there. Nettles. Y- yes, nettles. Nettles exactly. and uh, oatmeal and uh, something else. Seasonings. Actually, you know, we'll have confused some listeners with all that reference to nettle stings and dock leaves, because Australians yep. are, apparently aren't aware of that. I know this because... Oh, really? Because when my Australian wife was with us in England and uh, my nephew uh, picked up a nettle sting, uh, she was g- given the task, as we all were, of finding a dock, dock leaf. leaf yeah. She, she had known. no idea what was going on. She didn't yeah. understand really the nettle sting situation and just kept picking at random leaves and saying, is this a dock leaf? Because she didn't know what one of those <laughs> was either. We might have con- confused some local listeners with that. Yes, especially in Australia, definitely there is... Uh, I think there's very few stinging nettles. In fact, the stinging nettles you get here are more barbed. Yes. Um, yes. And they're more of an actual 
prickly type exactly. deal it's, instead it's, of a sting. It's more thorns than stingers, which is good because there are no dock leaves around either. They wouldn't, they wouldn't True. be able to deal True. with it. They'd probably yeah. just wean yourself That's, over here. Yeah, exactly. That's what you do for stings in Australia. <laughs> if in doubt. Blue ring octopus, jellyfish, shark bite. Just wee on it. <laughs> just wee on it. It'll fix it. That'll fix it. So uh, World Dock Pudding Championship is Mythomroid in West Yorkshire. It's also it's a, wow. the best event Mythomroid sees uh, very probably in spring. Yeah, but really beefy with your insisting that things are sports just because there's a world championship that's cooking it's not sport you might as well just say that MasterChef which has kicked off in Australia this week is sport I don't, well. I don't recognise it, MasterChef as a sport well neither do I and the same I'm afraid in my case goes for the world dock pudding championships <laughs> that's that's cooking and cooking is not sport it's also judged and as we know we've had this discussion we before yeah, but, uh, it shouldn't be uh... yeah but I think we can get distracted for, with the judging situation yeah. when you're talking about something like cooking I don't care if it is faster higher stronger whether it's the biggest yeah. dock pudding or throwing one the furthest it's, it's cooking so it's not sport it's quite simple in that case for me yeah no no I, I actually agree with you but what you can't deny is the fact you could be a world champion a world, a world I didn't have to say it to be in sport champion, right? even though this is the uh, 365 days of and, sport and, and Jane radio Barge, show Jane Barge uh, can go to her grave knowing oh, that she, she is she's a world champion world champion look I got to the quarterfinals of the world marbles championships which I'm claiming is a sport it was a weak field that year wasn't it we lost to the champions well, the, we lost to the world champions the quarterfinals yeah. might as well be to the event apparently the, the Germans yeah. took it out again this year Oh, not best place. They, they are good at- it is the World Sooty Championships this weekend coming up in um, up in the Mackay region, by the way. The World Sooty Championships. Uh, Yun, the Yungela Dam is uh, hosting the World Sooty Championships this weekend if you're uh, keen to get up there and become a world champion. You, you keep saying it, and I, I'm, I'm still none the wiser as to, as to uh, what that is. I'm pretty sure it's a fish. <laughs> I think okay. it's a so I think it's kind of a perch or a trout or something, but it is the world championships. I was trying to look up. Uh, so, are the entrance to the competition the fish, or is it a championship of catching those? Um, you've got to catch. I don't right. know whether it's the biggest, the longest, the blackest, possibly. Uh, it might be a tagged fish. Yeah, it might have a hand up it. If, uh, that's a really niche reference for a lot of Brits. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Is it the same spelling of sooty? <laughs> yeah, it is, oh, actually. Okay. Yes. Enough, it says, come and compete in the only fishing competition specifically targeting the native sooty grunter. Right. I think we've covered well, this on this show before, you would, you actually. Probably a, two a years ago now. Competition. You want to have a breakaway sooty champion. Yes. You know, um, I'm not 100% sure what a sooty grunter is, but uh, tell you what, <laughs> they'll be catching him on the weekend up in Mackay at the Yungela Dam. Goodness me. There's uh, the, uh, what are, who are the MAFSA? What do they do? I think it's the Mackay, Mackay Angling Sport Fishers Association. Right, I'm yeah. guessing at. That would make sense. They've put nearly half a million sooty grunter into the lake uh, since 1980, plus um, 100,000 barramundi. Right, it's it's the home of Sooty Grunter up there. Then really I'm is. pretty sure it is actually the home of Sooty Grunters. I don't know whether Sooty Grunter is related to uh, Barry Mundy, uh, but I will uh, they quickly cohabit well because they're all getting thrown into the lake together. They do cohabit well. They could be uh, could be definitely. Is it a tasty fish? Is is the is it Sooty Grunter on the menu that evening after the World Championship? You would have thought so. If they put half a million in, they need to get rid of a couple. Exactly. I don't exactly know what um, the Sooty Grunter is. Uh, it's also a oh, black bream there you go or brim as they call them in australia uh, yeah. Oh, yeah okay inhabits coastal and inland freshwater creeks and rivers in northern australia lovely love that yeah. it's the world championship so uh i still don't know whether officially you, you catch the biggest the most uh the sexiest 
list. The re- sexiest sooty grunter, Paul. I, rec- I reckon it would be on size rather than sexiness. They'd, they'd probably just weigh the fish. Yeah, Because otherwise, it, yeah. again, it, it comes down to judging then, doesn't it? Whereas at least with the weighing... The sexiest it's fish. Fresh. It's very subjective. You know they the have... Um, of fish. <laughs> you can get into some real arguments. You know they have um, camel beauty competitions in uh, I, UAE. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> and I think they also have um, falcon beauty contests as well. Does either of those have a swimwear round? Or, or the camels, they, definitely. That's gone out of fashion these days. <laughs> oh, you can't have yeah, that anymore. So, so they probably stopped having it. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, evening wear only yes. for the camels. Uh, especially around the toe area. That's, it is late, by the way. It is late. Great stuff. Uh, well, uh, look, we have raced through today. I think I've covered nearly everything. Uh, had, uh, what do you got coming up? Anything sport-related coming up over the next uh, week or so? Uh, A-League finals coming up this weekend. Um, it is. It all turned around last weekend with City winning 5-0 and Phoenix losing 5-0. We managed to sneak into fifth place, which which I like. We've got to go to yep. Adelaide for a final, but it means if we win the whole thing, people won't get to say we finished in the bottom half of the table and then still went through yeah. and won the finals. True. So, good luck to City out there. Yes, that's Melbourne City, by the way. Yes, indeed. Part of the City Group, which feature Manchester City, New York York City, City. or when I was in New York when they first launched, it was NYCFC Soccer Club. That's... Yeah, that, that's some, some double handling there. With the oh, name, major it? double handling there. <laughs> NYCFC NYC Soccer FC. Club. Yeah, yeah, just ridiculous. Al Ali, I think it is, or somebody in. Yeah, they've got an Egyptian side. They've got yeah. something going on in Uruguay as well. And oh, have they? And, and I think uh, possibly uh, Spanish team Girona. Uh, uh, oh, really, Girona? I didn't know well. that. Yeah, and uh, there's a, and there's an affiliate. Uh, one in Thailand, I think, or something as well, isn't there? You're right, it's a yeah. constantly expanding empire, and it means that we should have <coughs> access to loads and loads of money, which we could, which, which we could buy the yep. league, basically. Yeah, you should, or, but uh, theoretically. But it's not happening. Uh, big hello to Robbie Fowler, who's a big fan of the show. He's the new Brisbane Royal coach. Just sacked fourteen players today. Oh, 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 really? Yes. The clear-out has begun. The clear-out began on his first day in charge, sack 14 <laughs> players. Mate. Yeah, they How have a good, good season, is that? So that's probably where he's got to start. Yeah. Make yeah. A bit of space on that squad list, I reckon. Yeah, the A-League is, is you know, sexy as hell. I think I'm going to the victory versus... Are they playing the Phoenix on Friday night? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. That's, that's that was going I'm... to be the Melbourne derby, and everyone's disappointed that it's not happening. Oh, no, we'll yeah. save that for the final. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I've got Victorian Club Rugby. Where are we? We're at Albert Park on Saturday. Match of the round. Nice. Three fifteen powerhouse versus uh, Harlequins, I think. So, nice. jump on Victorian Rugby Union Facebook page. You can see the match of the round. I think it's also the last round of English football in lower leagues, isn't it? This weekend. That's right. Villa have got one more game. We've already got our playoff place secure, and uh, well, hopefully we get another crack at Leeds in the in the final because uh, there's some who scores may have to settle after thrown last it weekend. away again. Uh, best of luck, Newport County. By the way, they've got a game against Oldham, and then they're away to Morecambe last day of the season. If they win the last two. That means they will get in the playoffs, and it has been a momentous rise to the playoffs. In fact, unbeaten in... Well, the, if they get to the playoffs, it would have been unbeaten in 12 to get to the playoffs, which is incredible. I can see the joy on your face, but really, if you're in support of a Welsh cricket team, should there be Welsh football teams in the English league? I've, I've uh, question, you know, it's, the answer is yes. It's just not quite right, <laughs> but that's probably a discussion for another day. It definitely is. <laughs> well, mate, thanks for stepping in at the latest notice. and no problem, it's been good fun. Talking sport. Indeed. We we didn't get into transgender politics or transgender <laughs> sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can save that for Rob. We will. Yeah, well, no doubt Rob will be bringing that back from Malaysia. <laughs> so that'll be awesome. Thanks for joining us on 365 Days of Sport. Thanks to Masita. Thanks to Jack Links Beef Jerky. Get that in you. It is tasty as all buggery. We will be back next week to uh, chat less sport and more whatever else Rob can bring back for us.